0: Welcome back. Good to have you. Hopefully you're uh, having a fun time today and uh, just enjoying a Friday. Snows melt. One thing I did notice today when I was, uh, I got up, uh, Kristen and I went to the gym this morning. And one thing we did notice is when you get up to the uh, corner up the street where the piles were so high, you couldn't really see around the corner to see the cars anymore, the piles uh, are now down enough to where you can see the cars and all that kind of stuff. So snow is slowly melting, and I'm in favor of that. <laughs> big time. Uh, big time. Um, we got uh, so much uh, coming up here. We, uh, we're going to be talking with uh, our guy Mike Clemens in about an hour and 15 minutes from now. Don't go anywhere. Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, going to be joining us. Uh, we should be uh, touching base with Jennifer Hammond who is uh, with Fox Fox 2 over there, WDFN, in uh, Detroit covering the Lions side of things. So we're going to get into that, hopefully, hopefully coming up here in just a little bit. So uh, we'll be chatting with her, uh, just trying to kind of reach out. So we'll, uh, we'll be chatting with her. Uh, this one's from Craig. Craig says, uh, hey, guys, are, are we missing the big picture? The defensive coordinator, unless it's Staley, probably is going to be an unknown. Wouldn't you guess? That's from Craig. That goes back to what maybe Tyler Dunn was saying, where maybe what you're looking for is not necessarily somebody who's been there, done that, but for for somebody who is keeping up with all of the new nuances, trends. Now, offense is offense. There's very few wrinkles that you see today. But motion, the ability to read motion and such, okay, you know, people do get creative. The Bills got creative bringing in extra linemen for tight ends. They ran the ball extremely well against Kansas City until they didn't. You know, you like the the motion and the movement and, and such that Matt Lafleur brought to the table via the the Shanahan offense. But what you saw in the postseason against Dallas and and to a certain extent against San Francisco as well for predetermining coverages and such and where guys were and and, and you know things like that cerebrally for the quarterback. So, yeah, you know, you see some of that, but basically it's, you know, been the same offenses for the last 20, 25 years. You just now see different athletes performing in different positions. But, yes, you are correct. You do want to find somebody that gets it, that understands the ability. Here's the thing with with defensive and offensive coordinators. The number one thing that you have to find in either, in either, is the ability to teach. The ability to teach. That's it more than anything. Is if you have the ability to say this is my vision and here's what I want you to do and for the guy that you're teaching teaching to go, "Oh, I get it. Okay, great. I'm all over it." That's that's usually that, that puts everybody on the same page. That's usually what makes good coordinators, and, and I mean, you get, you have to have talent. You know, you gotta got people. You gotta have people that can win the one on ones, because as much as you, the old adage is, it's not just the X's and O's, it's the Jimmys and the Joes, and that's true. That's true. But you gotta have a guy that can teach, and some guys are good at it. Some guys will sit down and work with you, and roll through film and take you out on the field and get you to you know grab different looks and work you know work with you on all of that and then other guys they they just say here's what you're supposed to do and then they wonder why you can't can't get it so um, you know but that's that's another thought for another day but good point uh let's do this let's go over to Detroit where they get ready for the 49ers coming up this weekend out in uh, San Francisco or Santa Clara, California. Jennifer Hammond from Fox over there, from Fox 2, WDFN in Detroit, covering the Lions, joining us on the hotline. Jennifer, how you doing?
1: I'm well. How are you? We're
0: good. Uh, We're licking our wounds and feeling rather poor right now that the Packers aren't uh, heading over to Ford Field this weekend for a championship game. But, you know, we'll survive, and certainly the Lions have become kind of the media darling when it comes to the rest of the country. (laughs) That's for damn sure because of what's happening. I I didn't realize the perspective that back-to-back wins in the postseason – has been a generational thing. They haven't done it since the 50s. So your grandfather is probably the one that saw it last. Not your dad, but maybe your grandfather in this. It's been that long. I mean, just historically speaking, it's amazing, right?
1: Yeah, it's really incredible. And the last few weeks have just been off the charts. And I do know a lot of people out of character were rooting for the Packers to beat the 49ers. But I do also think that a lot of people thought that the Packers would be a very tough out you know, for Detroit. I think yeah. they like the way they match up against the Niners. So we shall see. But, yeah, it's been – the fans have been crazy. And we know already that probably about 25% of Levi Stadium is going to be full of Lions fans this weekend.
0: That will be great. That would be yeah, great to see. Be. I mean, I know yeah. it's I, – I, it's like dare to dream. I said, if I'm a Lions fan, do I go to this game? Or do I hold my breath and dare to dream? It's like when you buy a lottery ticket and you, and you think you could win the $500 million and you start spending it in your mind, and you think, <laughs> oh my God, that's what you got right now. You got the lottery ticket, and if you hit the lottery, then you're going to go to Vegas for the Super Bowl, which is like the ultimate party city to begin with. But also you don't yeah. want to miss out by saying, I'm not going to go to Santa Clara because eh, you know the possibility is there that they could end up losing that game. So tell me about this team and how they are going into this contest against the 49ers who have a lot of weapons in a lot of different areas.
1: Yeah, they really do. And I I think for the most part, the the Lions are probably pretty sick of the media by now because ever since Monday, it has just been throngs of media, not just on the local level, but also, as you guys know, the national media flocks in to tell this story and share this story. And there's so many different outlets these days. Um, Dan Campbell was at the podium uh, just about 45 minutes ago. The team is on the practice field right now. One of the big questions, of course, for the Lions this week is Frank Ragnow's health. He is there. All-pro center, he is definitely the stud up front, and he got had a, a knee and an ankle sprain in the win against the Bucks last week. He is expected to go. So that's great news for the Lions because they're going to need to protect Jared Goff. I mean, this, this is a Niners defense unlike any other that they have seen so far this season. And for the Lions, all of their success, running the ball, passing the ball, everything they do, stems from that offensive line and they've been really really good this season so far
0: this I said and you tell me since you're closer to this but I said to me this matchup seems like the schemer against the street fighter
1: (laughs) yeah you know there's a little bit of a sense of that um the schemer in being um Kyle Shanahan I assume that you're you're talking about but there's a lot of schemer in Ben Johnson you you need to look at the weapons that he has, and the way the Lions have been able to use him, the plays that he calls—I mean, he's got—he's got a guy in Jameer, uh, Jameer Gibbs that literally is a Ferrari with monster truck tires. I mean, this kid is fast.
0: Great description.
1: He's, he's fast. He's tough. You know, this is a this is a team that has all sorts of weapons on offense. Jared Goff last week alone found nine different targets. And they were even kind of spinning their wheels in the mud in the first half of that game. He passed for 188 in the second half, and that's when he really got going against the Buccaneers. But Ben Johnson's got a nice little toy box to play with, and, and you'll see these guys, and they are fast, and they do a lot of different things, and, and Jared Goff has confidence in all of them, even um, Jamison Williams and especially the tight end, the rookie tight end, Sam Laporta. So it's, it's going to be fun to watch those two offensive minds go, go toe-to-toe.
0: How much uh, and I always picture this being like, uh, you know, when Crash Davis starts to talk about his brief stint in the show and everybody on the bus <laughs> starts to huddle around him. How much does, does Jared Goff, because of a guy that's been there, done that? He knows what it's like to go to a Super Bowl. How much does that team look to him when he starts to talk about this is what we have to concentrate on? This is what our focus has to be. This is where we need to be mentally.
1: You know, I think that he's certainly he's a leader, first and foremost, in that room for a lot of different reasons. His experience in the Super Bowl and having been there, done that is a huge part of it. But one of the things that this team loves the most about Jared Goff is just his his calm, his resilience. Dan Campbell, just in that press conference a little while ago, was asked what his superpower is. And he went into you know a litany of about ten or fifteen things that he rattled off, starting with his ability to read defenses, his um, ability to stay calm under pressure, to make the right decision. And he also pointed out that Jared Goff is a really competitive guy. He's kind of soft-spoken when we see him in the press conferences, and so we don't really get to see behind the curtain, so to speak. But He talked about the first time he ever saw Jared Goff come into this facility and work out with the team, and he said he was out for blood, and this is a guy that is as competitive as anyone on this team. And his teammates rally toward him. They love what he does. In the postgame interviews that we see on social media, Jared Goff is very vocal, and the guys love him. They rally around him. He's gotten game ball several times this season for his performances. And it's just really interesting to see that, a person who was cast off by the Rams in Los Angeles has really just taken hold of this team and this city. In fact, even last night at the Detroit Red Wings game, they showed a, a guy on a fan on the jumbotron wearing a number 16 Lions jersey and the whole crowd at a Red Wings hockey game. though, no I started chanting Jared Goff, much like wow. they did against the Rams and against the Bucks. So he is—he—he uh, he could buy a lottery ticket right now and
0: win. <laughs> I was—you know what? It's amazing. I was so surprised. Now, don't get me wrong. I get it that they're rooting for their guy, but the return of Matthew Stafford, nice ovation, and I thought it would be kind of this sentimental thing, and then to see the that tunnel view from NFL Films of Jared Goff waiting to be introduced and listening to that stadium erupt—that—that—I I, mean, cool? I don't—that—that that gave me goosebumps. And I—I'm not even yeah. a huge Lions fan, but it gave me goosebumps.
1: Yeah, it gave me goosebumps as well. And it was interesting cuz Jared said that he didn't really hear it while he was up the tunnel, but as soon as he got closer to the end of the tunnel, he could hear it and he started clapping. And it's such a goosebump moment. And they've had so many of those during this postseason. I've covered this team for this is my 31st season and it's wow. it's been really exciting. I've seen Barry Sanders. I've seen eight prior playoff games before this stretch began. And never before had I seen a win. And never really before have I seen you know, fans chant for Barry still to this day when he steps on the field. But the love that Jared Goff is being shown by the city is absolutely incredible, second to none.
0: I, I Now i got to deviate away from this for just a second. Did you watch the, the, the special Bye Bye Barry and tell me what you thought of it?
1: I did watch it. I was actually in it. I had a couple of uh, small cameos. Um, I covered yes! Barry and – I thought they did a really great job highlighting you know his career and the kind of player he was on and off the field. I mean that told the story of Barry. I don't feel like we really got the full answer again as to why he left. you know I think it was just kind of a bunch of little things if you could you know add up a million little mm-hmm. things and it becomes the one reason but uh I thought they did a hell of a job with that i mean it was it was really well done and it's it's always nice to see Barry. Back with the team he's been embraced obviously by the fans because there were some tough times when he retired young and early when calvin retired young and early and then they both you know entered into this litigation for money back with the team it became kind of sticky and i think fans weren't sure how to feel because fans can't always separate the business for them it's all about yeah. their heart it's not about the wallet it's not about their heads so it's just great for this team and the city to have Calvin and Barry both back in the fold on the sideline at all of the home playoff games. They get a huge roar from the fans because, you know, neither one of them have done what this team is doing right now. So it's it's cool to watch just the way the city is taking taking hold of this.
0: Okay, before I let you go, i got to ask you, I'm going to take you back to the lottery moment. Dare to dream. Time winds down. All right. Lions win. And then it's is it like the last person out of Detroit heading to Vegas, please shut off the lights? Uh yeah, probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe they're just driving in their uh RVs from uh San Francisco to to Vegas, quitting their jobs, who knows. Yeah. There's a that'll there's be, a lot that'll of fans be a wild scene. To, Yeah, there's a lot of fans going to San Fran. I I really hope they make it to Vegas. It's it's going to be obviously, I don't need to say it, everybody knows, it's going to be their toughest challenge yet this season, but I like the way they match up. I do think that they have a, an offense that can go toe-to-toe and, and outscore and, and trade blows with the best offenses in the league, and they're going to get it. Uh, the Lions defensive back certainly will be put to the test. They've just got to get pressure up front, and, and they've got to get some turnovers. They've got to force Purdy into some mistakes. I think he really got going in the second half against the Packers, and I expect him to, to come out firing this week from, uh, from the first quarter.
0: Yeah, Jordan Love basically outplayed him until probably the last yeah. quarter. And then the last couple of drives, they just put it all together.
1: Well, I'll tell you something. We're going to have some great division matchups between the Packers and the Lions down the road here for many years to come. Both young teams with a lot of talent. I love – what jordan love has been able to do and and just when you know people in detroit fans in the motor city thought they got rid of aaron Rodgers, <laughs> here, here here comes the third remake of you know chair Jer- right. of uh, brett Favre into aaron into jordan so you guys got a great team
0: jennifer great stuff best of luck and if you make it to vegas you got to come see us we'll be out there uh, doing the show out there I as well so uh, i'm rooting that. for you we Let's are rooting for you
1: I, i'll see you on radio row
0: Absolutely. Rooting for you. There you go. Jennifer Hammond, a Fox 2 in Detroit, covering the Alliance for a long, long time. And that that woman has seen a lot of losing. We are doing nothing but rooting for the Lions. I, I, I'm I not getting a Lions jersey, but uh, I might wear something, as uh, Wayne Larrabee likes to say, Honolulu Blue coming up this weekend. I'm just, I'm rooting for him. I just am. Uh, great stuff. Great stuff from Jennifer Hammond. She is freaking awesome. Good, good stuff. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio
1: Network.
0: If you are going to the game tomorrow night box is tomorrow night tonight tonight bucks i keep thinking of tomorrow bucks well they have a game tomorrow night the bucks play tonight or tomorrow night grant you know it's
1: it's funny you say that because i'm going through the same thought process in my brain i thought they had a saturday night game because we're going to be downtown saturday night aren't we yeah
0: they have a saturday night game i'm 99.9 percent sure they have a game tomorrow night they might be playing a back-to-back. Let me check. I just pulled it Well, they out. got Cleveland tonight. Yep, and then they host the Pelicans Saturday. Yep, so okay. back-to-back. I, I thought they had. I thought they had a back-to-back. So whether you're going tonight or you're going tomorrow night, doesn't matter. You can catch the shuttle and still enjoy yourself down at Stenny, Second in National and Walker's Point, and uh, they are getting – Oh, so – by the way, they just uh, launched a new menu, which uh, I, uh, I am I am excited. I am excited. Uh, that uh, Stenny's has launched the new menu, and uh, yes, for those that were wondering, you can still get the Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread, which is of utmost importance to many of you. I I, I understand that, but uh, yeah, the new menu launched, and they've got uh, the Shareables. They have got uh, with the apps platter and such. They have got the dill pickle pizza, crab rangoon pizza. They got specialty stuff, chicken bacon ranch pizza. But they've got and, and build your own. You can still build your own all the favorites. But, man, they still have got a lot of the uh, the handhelds, the big fried chicken sandwich, the jalapeno popper grilled cheese. That is – that that's underrated. I, I've got – I'm now getting that more often. I'll get six wings and that jalapeno popper grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, my God. It's so good. So good. So – and Britt, who is the new kitchen manager down there, has been for a while, but she's just the one that just completely redid everything. Fantastic. So uh, great stuff from our friends at Stenny's. So I I highly recommend it. If if you go down, you're talking about Chipotle chicken paninis that they serve down there. Their food is really kind of second to none. It it just is. It's really, really good stuff. So anyway, that's Stenny's. I don't want to go on and on, but that's Stenny's second to National Walkers Point. But get the wings. Get the Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread. Share that with a few people. And then get that. The, The burgers are great, but the jalapeno popper grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, oh, so good. And their fries are great. You you ate with us. That's right. You came down with us that uh, down during Halloween.
2: Yeah, it was my first Grant experience did. with the Bill Michael's garlic cheese bread.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's face first. You 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 know that's that's what a lot of convicts on death row order. That's their last meal. So that yeah, the Bill Michael's garlic cheese bread, and you're good to go. I, that's what I would do. Um, let's see here. What else do we got? Uh, this one is from Chad. Chad says, uh, "Hey guys, let's stop worrying about the defensive coordinator, and worry more." Uh, about who's going to be training these guys. The strength and conditioning training as much as I like Chris Gizzy wasn't getting the job getting the job done. Too many hamstrings, too many problems with this team. If you can't stay healthy, you're not going to win anything. Um Yeah, I mean it, it, it does make a difference. I'm not gonna lie. I, I I don't I don't know to what extent it makes this mammoth difference. I, 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 because we, we know guys like right now, everybody's going to whatever, wherever it is they live and they're either going to work out on their own or they've got a personal trainer. And then they go to schools where tight ends will go to the tight end camp out in Arizona. There's a wide receiver and a quarterbacks camp that uh, a lot of the guys get together and do out in Southern California. Um, You know, there's a lot of guys hire nutritionists and personal trainers and they go, they all work out together. Uh, especially guys that all have like the same agent. So if you live in a specific area and your agent says, Hey, here's as an agency, here's where you can go. Cause that's what agents do. They'll set you up in different things, different gyms or whatever to go get better because the better you get, the more money you're going to make and the more money they make. Uh, so it's, it's become that kind of an industry. So yeah, you, you need a guy to say, Hey, this is what you have to do to kind of better yourself. This is what you need to work on. But I uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess if you just want to keep the guys limber and stretched and such. I've always watched guys go out in games, and I've always found it funny. If you've ever been to a Packers game and you watch the calisthenics, when they go through their run-through, their drills back and forth across the field and stuff, they used to do it all the time when Rodgers was there and McCarthy was there. That's what they did. Now they don't do it the same anymore. Uh, my assumption is most guys are stretching it, stretching out behind, you know, like in a trainer's table and stuff in the locker room. But – It was always like a joke. And I would watch Clay Matthews. He always did that bouncing thing. He's bouncing, you know, twice on each foot, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And he'd do that real quick once, and then that was it. And I'm thinking, you're the guy that needs to spend 20 minutes stretching more than anybody because your hamstrings are always, always effed up. Same thing with Christian Watson. You're the guy that needs to stretch it out and loosen up more than anybody because of the hamstring issue. And they all go through it like a joke. So I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it makes a huge difference. I, I I don't I don't really get that deep into it, but <laughs> I get where you're coming from. I really do. I get where you're coming from. Uh, Alex says, I can't wait for the Packers season next year. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be looking in the rearview mirror at Jordan Love because Jordan Love has already eclipsed Rodgers' first season. I think he's only going to get better. Do you now believe that he is a Hall of Famer in the making, Bill? Alec? <sighs> Hall of Famer in the making, that's a a big shoes to fill. No, I'm going to say no. Not because I'm picking on Jordan Love. I hope he is. But I remember watching Favre in the latter portion of his career and spending time around him. I remember spending time with Rodgers in the beginning of his career and listening to him and the way he spoke and the cerebral capabilities he had. I think Jordan Love is a good execution quarterback who's gotten remarkably better. But if I had to bet today, I would say no. That doesn't mean I don't believe in him. It just means that the odds of – you could look at a lot of different players and say the odds of them getting a gold jacket, I mean, that's, that's, t- you're, that's a tall order. That's a really tall order. Could he win enough games to become like a Packer Hall of Famer? Absolutely. But he's he's got to be better than Rodgers. Got to be better than Favre. Um, you know, I mean, like, look, one of the best passers in Packers history was Lynn Dickey. He And he's not a Hall of Famer by any stretch. He doesn't have those numbers. But he also played on a team that got the hell beat out of him. And he was still really good. Don Mikowski, I don't know what kind of a career he would have had had he not gotten injured. But he was really good. So before we start putting a gold jacket on him, let's just see if he has season number two under his belt with the same or better numbers. You know what I mean? It's, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to throw the bucket of cold water on your optimism, but I think you're trying to get me to say something that I'm just not comfortable in saying. Like I'm going to just sit here and go, oh my God, I'm wrong. He's a Hall of Famer. I, and I'm not going to do that. I love the
1: uh, frame of mind that Packers fans have. It's like Bears fans with Fields. They're like, could he be the guy? Could he be the starter for the next couple of years? And Packers right. fans are like, I think he could be a Hall of Famer. Like, our yeah. our frame of reference is just right. so different than any other fan base. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know, that's a great point because could Justin Fields, is, is he better than everything else out there that sucks? Does he suck the least? You know, well, okay, he's our quarterback for the next few years. You give him a contract extension. Where the Packers are like, do we got another Hall of Famer? We're going to be the first ones ever to have three in a row? I think we can. I think we're going to do that. You know, go Pack go. <laughs> You're right. It's the point of reference. It's your, it's, your, it's, your, it's your point of reference of non-miserable takes as to the success that the Packers have had via quarterbacks over the last 30-plus years. So, <laughs> that's, that's absolutely right. Uh, let's do this. Uh, we got Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press Gazette. Pete's going to join us coming up next. Stay right where you're at. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. today. We've got a hell of a lineup already for our Super Bowl appearances. Brian Billick's going to join us at the table. I just got a word back from him. So I'm looking forward to that. We got uh, the former uh, Chiefs kicker, Nick Lowry, all excited. He wants to come out and join us again. Randy Grimes, the former offensive lineman for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dehani Jones is going to join us. We got a country singer. Ah, uh, that uh, we just got word that uh, I can't remember the country singer's name, just won The Voice or was on The Voice, something like that. I don't know. They they wanted to bring him out and uh, join us on the show. I'm like, Grant, we got our work cut out for us, man. I was gonna say it's it's not Garth Brooks or like Toby Keith, is it? It's not. No, uh, okay. no, okay. it's not Reba. Okay. uh anything like that. <laughs> but uh, but who knows? You know, before it's all said and done. I mean, it's it's always fun because you just never know for sure until you get out there. But yeah, looking forward to it. Good, good stuff. Uh, speaking of good stuff, uh, joining us now on the hotline, as uh, they say, Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press Gazette, uh, joining us over here. And uh, Pete, how you been, buddy?
2: Good, Billy. You got all these great people, and then oh, and uh, man, we got Pete Doherty
0: for you right now.
2: Uh, What's what no, that for your audience, man? We
0: got to, we got the king of the mountain, baby, king of the mountain, <laughs> coming on. <laughs> So let's, uh, let's start with uh, the news that Staley is interviewing for the defensive coordinator's position. Uh, Some say, Oh, that's great. He was really good as a defensive coordinator. Some say he doesn't have much of a track record and is obviously his track record, uh, you know, with the Chargers was not awesome. So give me your thoughts.
2: Yeah, really mixed feelings. I mean, I've talked with him uh, a couple times at owner's meetings and he's a really bright guy and engaging and all that. Um, But you look at the record and, you you know, it's not hard to wonder, well, was all the success with the Rams because he had, you know, Aaron Donald and, you know, the great cornerback. And, you know, was it just that he had more talent? Because the Chargers defenses weren't real good. I wondered if um, LaFleur would want to get out of this scheme, um, you know, because it's the same scheme. I mean, Barry worked for for this guy. So, you know, I wondered if he'd want to get out of it. But I still would argue – more important than any scheme it's the guy it's is he a good game planner is he good at figuring out what guys do best and putting them in positions to do that does he uh, is he a good play caller does he have good instincts that way is he a good motivator i think those things are more important than whatever scheme the guy runs although you got to be flexibility is probably the most important thing you got to be able to do a lot of different things and uh, you know adjust to your talent
0: um, When it comes to, uh, like, an unknown, is there anybody that you're getting word that this might be somebody who the Packers would be interested in?
2: Uh, not exactly. I did ask. I was talking with, you know, over the last couple weeks. Uh, actually, for the last month, I've been asking, you know, scouts, um, yeah, you know, what do you think? Who are some guys who you think they might hire? But besides the obvious names, the one that came up a couple times was this guy named Corey Undlin. Um, he's been in the league since the early two thousands. He's the passing game defensive coordinator, uh, you know, the passing game coordinator for defense for Houston. He was Detroit's coordinator for Patricia's last season there. And then that whole staff got fired. Um, he's worked for the, he worked for the 49ers at uh, D'Amico Ryan's took him from San Francisco to Houston. That's the one kind of off the radar name that came up from, uh, from talking to multiple scouts who, just mentioned him as a guy who they hear good things about.
0: Um, what does this team need moving forward? We were, we were talking so much about what went on and the things that, uh, you know, happened or didn't happen, and that's where we are today. But now that you get a chance to step back and evaluate a little bit, what what do you think this team kind of transpires and shapes up into going into next season?
2: Um, overall, or are you talking defense? or Just overall, just overall. Well, I mean, I think we all see that there's a, man there is a ton of promise there with all those skill guys they are way better than i would have guessed you know so early in their careers and i mean the quarterback how can you not be impressed with how he played so um if i'm them i'm just you know i know they've scuda keep spending first round picks on defense but i'm drafting either a tackle or a defensive player in the first round um you know if i'm him and a lot of those high picks you know he's got what five in the first three rounds um, you know, they just, they just need to get, but they need safety. They need big time help at safety. That was by far their weakest position corner could be an issue depending on Stokes's health. And I still think they need an upgrade at nickel, but they, they just need, you know, they need depth improvement and just, you know, quality improvement, any almost everywhere on defense, but really it wouldn't matter what position they could really use, you know, drafting a guy who turns out to be a blue chip player. It doesn't matter what position. They just could use another blue chip guy on that side of the ball.
0: Do you get the sense that Stokes, uh, they're going to try him maybe in the off season and see if he can go through OTAs in minicamp, and if he can't, then maybe you end up cutting him loose because he just physically can't do it.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know there. I would guess. Um, just my gut feel is they'll ride it pretty long because he's on his rookie contract and it's pretty cheap, and he does have talent. But you know, he just he does keep getting hurt too. Um, so I would guess they would stick with them and that, and that cut them just cause the, um, the risk financially is pretty low.
0: What do you make of, uh, Chris Gizzi getting let go?
2: I don't know. I that was a, that was a surprise. Um, cause they, you know, I, you look around the league, you know, I read pro football talk every day. These teams everywhere are getting these soft tissue injuries, the hamstring pulls. I mean, just Jefferson missed eight or nine games because of a hamstring pull. So, um, I don't know what's going there. I don't know if there was a personality clash or if Lafleur just, you know, thinks that something about the way they're doing things is the reason for all these injuries. You know, we haven't had a chance to talk to him about it, so uh, that was a big surprise to me, though, because um, you know people have been complaining about the Packers' injuries going back to when I started covering in the early '90s, and I suspect it's this way pretty much everywhere around the league. And the truth is, it's just a huge part of the game and we well, we, you know, people want to control everything, but man, it's hard to control injuries in this league.
0: Yeah. Well, we know bigger, stronger, faster, which means you're, you know, the contact and, and the impact yep. on contact is much higher. So we understand that a little bit. Uh, but I, who was the guy? Mike McCarthy had issues one year where, eh, I mean, it was just a rash of injuries, and they blew out the staff and brought somebody in. And I can't remember for the life of me, but it was like the next year they were one of the healthiest teams in the National Football League. Do you remember who that was?
2: So was that the year they brought in Dave Redding, or was Dave Redding the guy Dave, that he moved on?
0: Dave from? Redding, that was Dave Redding. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was. He was a, of, yeah,
2: he was a really interesting guy. His dad started the whole weightlifting thing in Nebraska in like the fifties and became Nebraska's strength coach, and he started as a high school coach, and that's where how that helped build up all those Nebraska teams because teams weren't lifting weights back then. But anyway, yeah, I think it was Dave Redding. But then I think they had one great injury year, injury free year, and then the next year they were right back where they were. So. Right. I just I don't know. I'm a little skeptical that teams can do as much about injuries as, you know, they would like to think they could and the way that some experts, you know, would suggest that they could.
0: Do we ever find out why the quote miscalculation of Jair's shoulder issue went so long?
2: No, we didn't. Um, you know, and it's 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 just it's some combination of, you know, they maybe they didn't uh, understand the severity of it and some of it might be you know he's one of those guys who's everything's got to feel right you know a little bit of the thoroughbred I think Zedaria Smith was like that um, so it's probably a combination of those two things interested to see what happens with him I mean you got to say when he came back from the suspension he played well and he played hard and there was a lot to like in those last couple of games
0: No, I, which I, I agree. He played better. I, I just, I, I got the sense that things were starting to splinter and Mac LaFleur did a really good job of kind of wrapping his arms around it, which I think solidifies him as a head coach and he doesn't come into a season on a hot seat and there's no talk of him losing the job and all that kind of stuff. I thought he did a great job. Whatever was going on behind the scenes between Devondre Campbell, Rasul Douglas, Jair, some of the issues, it all was defensively rated uh, or uh, respected and he wrapped his arms around it and stopped the splintering. Did did you get that sense?
2: Yeah, that does. Um, that appears to be one of his great strengths is um, being able to get along with people without being, you know, what you'd call soft. Um, and even, I mean, it goes back to, you know, his deal. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is not the easiest guy in the world to deal with. And, you know, that the fact that Rodgers started playing really well again, when LaFleur came in, I mean, obviously it's, you know, Rogers is a humongous part of that, but I think LaFleur managed him really well, met him more than halfway, all of that. I think that is one of the strengths is, and I think a lot of these young coaches, uh, one, of their, one of their strengths of all these guys is they've learned how to get along with, you know, with today's player.
0: So now you start to look, uh, you know, at everything going forward. Who may not be with this team? Who do you think is gone? Because I, I gotta believe Aaron Jones is back. I know in the beginning of the season we were talking about the possibility of him leaving, but we saw that he's the straw that stirs the drink. But who do you think is not back with this team?
2: Yeah, I'd have bet even halfway through the season Jones is gone, and now I can't imagine him not being back. Uh, I got to think Dylan's gone, Runyon's gone, uh, Campbell's gone. Uh, I know I'm forgetting somebody else really big here too, or, you know, one of their Bakhtiari, I think I can't imagine any circumstance where he's back. Um, And those are all, they're all combination of, you know, financial decisions and, you know, having young replacements ready and all that. But I, I just can't, I find it really hard to believe any of those guys just mentioned uh, would be back.
0: Yeah. Is Savage back?
2: Um, that's That's why I was forgetting. That's an interesting question. I don't, I'm guessing that I'd move on if I were them, but um, I don't know that that's that's their plan. I'm thinking his uh, salary expectations might be a little high, mm-hmm. and um, you know, sorry, that's uh, Albert sees something. <laughs> um, he re-
0: no, he regressed so much. I mean, from his first year when he was a hitter and he was all over the field. I mean, I, I I understand he ended up getting hurt, but he just kind of regressed so much.
2: Yeah, he was. There was a. I still think there's a ton of talent there. But it's, I don't think you know he wasn't good at judging the ball in the air, and he'd come downhill so hard, you know, that he'd miss tackles in the open field. Um, so there's just some, you know, savvy instinctive stuff that's that just seems to be missing because he's a super talented guy. Um, but my yeah, if I were if I had to bet, I you know I would bet that he won't be back. But I don't you know I don't feel a strongly about him, as I do about the other guys that we've uh, we've talked about.
0: Over and under over uh, the weekend that we're still talking about the hiring of of a defensive coordinator and still looking for one. Do you think they get one in the next couple of days?
2: I'm thinking it won't be till next week sometime. Now it's funny every time there's been coaching searches and I say something like that, like, you know, 45 minutes from now they'll announce their new coordinator. So take take it for what it's worth, okay? Uh, It does seem like he's got a lot of – it seems like the field is wide open, doesn't it? And he's probably got a lot of people to talk to. Um, I'm assuming they're doing most or almost all this by Zoom, so maybe he can do it really fast. But uh, I don't. My kind of my gut feel is you know sometime next week. But I'm just taking a wild guess at this, like everybody else.
0: I thought so too, and then you start to read that uh, these other teams want to interview Staley and interview some of these other coaches, and they want to get him in as well. And there's interest, yeah. and I got to think that if the Packers start to see that and they find a guy they really like before he gets out of your your reach, it's kind of like okay, we got the contract. We'll talk to you. Let's do it. You know that type of thing.
2: Yeah, so. it, that could easily happen where they you know strike fast because you're right. This is a man's scramble and it's uh, uh, musical chairs. You know you don't want to be caught right. without the chair.
0: Good stuff as always, Pete. Appreciate it, and we will talk to you uh, real soon, okay? All right. Sounds good,
2: Bill, and uh, as always, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks, pal. There you go. Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette. You can read his stuff there. He does the podcast after further review with our guy Eric Baranchek. Great stuff, great podcast. great writers. Uh, we love having them on and getting their opinion uh, of the season as well. I mean, the consensus is that Jordan Love played extremely well. There's always the the thought that, you know, what? let's see what next season holds. Uh, but you know, many of the guys that we've talked about run interesting because he really wants to come back. We know Aaron Jones really wants to come back and be here and you can't imagine now having an offense run without him, but I can't imagine, like he said, any circumstance that David Bakhtiari is back with this team. I can't imagine any circumstance. You can't go through that again and you certainly can't pay him that kind of money. So I can't imagine that. Um, Devondre Campbell, you're going to have to draft a middle linebacker or find somebody, but uh, Devondre Campbell probably gone. Um, then, you know, the question mark is savage. You know, can, you know, and, and you have to ask yourself, too. I mean, there's a big question when you start talking about the defense was it the player or was it the coach that couldn't do it, so to speak? So, you know, how good are they at? You know, We'll get into that discussion as well. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break, come back. Got a lot more to get to uh, this portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends at The Nice Ash. They have entertainment tonight, entertainment tomorrow night, and uh, good stuff all weekend. And if you want to go someplace and watch the games on Sunday, you can do that too. Big TVs everywhere down at The Nice Ash, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. They've got hookahs. They got cigars. Big walking humidor uh, down there as well. But it's just such a nice. Place it. We I brought some people into town a couple weeks ago, and they said this is just a good place. You don't, you can't put your finger on it. You're just comfortable. You know, there's some places that are like that. This is one of them. That's theniceash.com. Theniceash.com. Three twenty-three West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show continuing on 877 867 1670. Uh, real quick, uh, there's some good stuff going on at Buzzard Billies. They got Mardi Gras coming up uh, February 8th through the uh, 13th, Fat Tuesday and the 13th, Thursday, February 8th. They got it all uh, happening over there. So, Buzzard Billies. And the Starlight Lounge right out there in uh, La Crosse. They've got a lot of fun. They've got – and they got music, too. That's the best part about it. they got some music going on out there as well. So stop in and tell them we said hi. But Buzzer Billy's on Pearl Street. Friday night on the 9th, $3 off. They have catfish po' boys, blackened and fried catfish dinners. And uh, they've got creoles as well. Saturday on the 10th, $3 off. Um they, I don't even know how to pronounce that, uh, but they've got jambalaya, seafood jambalaya. Uh, the next day they got Philly po'boys as well, shrimp po'boys coming up on Monday the twelfth. They got Fat Tuesday, all po'boys, all traditional Cajun Creole dinners, Mardi Gras pasta, all that stuff. Two for thirteen, uh, or excuse me, three dollars off of those. And then they have drink specials: hurricanes, tsunamis, pints of beer. Just uh, go, go, go to go to Buzzer Just, just go there. It's a great place. And then when you finish up and you're like, oh, I just want to relax, go upstairs, Starlight Lounge, right there on Pearl Street in La Crosse, in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Good, good stuff. Good, good stuff. Um, Real quick before we get into the next hour, uh, I want to go back to this. Um, Graham, oddly enough, Graham over on the live stream just hit me up and he said, hey, Bill, what's Brian Noble up to now? I miss the days when you guys used to do the postgame show together. Graham, your timing is impeccable. I literally right before you sent that, Brian texted me because Brian lives out in Vegas and him and I have been kind of going back and forth uh, for a little while now. And I know health wise, he's not great. I mean, football took its toll on him, but we uh, we ended up uh, going back and forth. Brian, I think, is going to join us on Radio Row and I'm looking forward to it. He's gonna maybe hit, hit up uh, hit us up with a dinner, but uh, I think he's gonna join us on Radio Row for a day. So I'm really looking forward to that. Thanks for asking. So we're gonna we're gonna hear from Brian when we get out to a, get out to Vegas. We got another hour yet to go. We're 15 minutes away. Mike Clemens is gonna be joining us. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show right after this.